Hello, America. Welcome. It's Good Small Flannel. It's the podcast. It's the it's the comedy podcast that's good that uh, you like listening to. This is Steve. I'm the host. I'm the guy that says the things and makes the podcast and does the the, the voice of the the show. The voice that you hear, the voice now, this voice. This is Steve. Um, I'm doing the podcast right now. I accidentally did not do it for a couple months, and that was uh, that was my bad. I messed that one up, not doing it. But hey, here it is, and now we're doing it, and this is it, and it's Good Small Flannel, and thanks for all the uh, telephone calls and telegrams and etc. begging me to come back. I bet you're all wondering, I bet you're all asking asking me, hey Steve, where you been, what have you been doing all summer, and well, I've been busy, I went to, uh, Went to Los Angeles earlier in the summer, the, the city of Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California. Haven't really been out there at all, and it was pretty cool. I gotta say, it's pretty exciting. I saw the I saw the airport uh, where they drive the the bus in circles in the movie Speed, and uh, I saw the I saw the highway. They, they drive the bus on to get to the airport so they can drive in circles uh, on the movie Speed. And I even, I even saw the movie theater where they played the movie Speed uh, so many 25 years ago or whatever. The same movie theater. No, but it's a cool city. It's got a good feel to it. There's kind of a hazy oversaturated indistinctness to everything everything's kind of blurry and wavy and hazy I feel like I understand airbrush art now it's cool there's palm trees everywhere and mountains on the horizon all the time which is exciting for me because here in the Midwest it's just a it's just a flat featureless landscape extending infinitely in every direction where you can you can drive for days without encountering anything resembling advanced civilization it's just cornfields and hell is real billboards and the ruins of adult superstores and of course the buzzards The corn runs to the horizon in perfect straight lines. Seem to indicate that some kind of intelligence organizing things, but you never see another living soul. You just drive on. It's the buzzard circle. And you know that nothing nothing's waiting for you at the end of the day but another another sleepless night in an anonymous motel room. Your mind racing trying to escape the sheer flatness 
of the infinite horizon looming just on the other side of your cheap Venetian blinds, choking you with its unwavering flatness and the parallel blinds blur into cornfields and you realize it's, it's daylight and you're back at the wheel driving sweating trying not to acknowledge the buzzards and now you're now you find yourself driving directly into the corn slashing diagonally through the rows corn stalks slapping in your windshield hoping in vain that anything to break up the perfect parallel lines of the corn rows and now you, you find yourself stopped you, you've opened the trunk the kerosene sloshing inside the drum and your head is swimming with the fumes and before you know it a great conflagration rises into the sky flames licking greedily at the charred steel skeleton of your 91 Corolla wagon a massive column of oily black smoke rises into the sky a behemoth towering over the plains like some kind of vengeful god and your last thought as the as the fumes and the birds overtake you is that you finally manage to inflict some kind of some kind of stain some kind of blotch into that horrible never-ending flatness you know unlike in LA where things feel pretty good you see the mountains and the palm trees and you're like think to yourself yeah I could I could drive that bus I could drive that bus 50 miles an hour and uh, hit a bunch of car, hit a bunch of parked cars all the time and do big turns and still, still probably keep it over 50 pretty easily. I think. I feel like I could do it. Uh, Mark Marin, fellow fellow podcaster at the uh, at the Amoeba Records, from from a distance, he's browsing the browsing the jazz records, uh, and a colleague of mine, fellow podcaster. I didn't know. Uh, didn't hassle him or anything. I'm not that kind of guy. Tell the truth, I don't know. I don't know that much about him. I haven't listened to that show too carefully, very often at all. And as for uh, as for whether or not he tunes into this show, well, heck, I mean, for me to say either way would just be 
Whether or not he does, who knows? It'd be conjecture. Impossible for me to know either way. You know, maybe he does. Maybe he does. Anyway, I saw him in the in the record store. From a distance, I didn't do. I didn't acknowledge. We didn't acknowledge each other as colleagues, as fellow podcasters. But uh, I tell you, as a as someone in the business, I can't can't help but relate to him a little bit, you know, because we kind of do kind of do a lot of the same stuff. We're both primarily comedy comedy podcasters who kind of dip our toes into other fields. You know, for Mark, it's kind of uh, the, the television. He's on he's on TV. He's got his own got his own TV show, and also does a highly paid stand up comedy gigs. That's kind of his side thing. Where as for me, it's uh, working in a grocery store. But anyway, seeing a seeing a guy you recognize from the television or whatever is always a real hoot. That's that's just life in LA, baby. And also, oh, who else? I went to a went to a comedy show hosted by TV's Kristen Schaal. And yeah, it's a little different. Little different context because it was a uh, I was paying to see her perform on a stage on in like a transactional basis, so it wasn't quite as anyway. Um, the show was good, the show was fine, she was funny or whatever. It was all good. The best part was the guy next to me during the show. So, so Kristen Shaw was hosting. She got up at the beginning and did a couple minutes, and she'd get up between each comedian. There were six or eight comedians. She'd get up and introduce the next one. And the guy next to me, probably a middle-aged guy, 40, in his 40s, something like that, he had his iPhone out, and he would, uh, when Kristen Shaw first got up, he, he took a photograph of her on the stage with his phone and then throughout the throughout the comedian who was not her uh, he would keep his phone in his lap with the camera pointing down into his leg and but keep the phone on keep like tapping on it refocusing zooming in and out or whatever while it was black it was pointed down so he, he was just like keeping it on and then the comedian got off, and television's Kristen Shaw would get back on the stage to bring up the next person. He, he picked up his phone and spent a long time uh, zooming in and out, getting per- the perfect the perfect zoom, and and snapped one more photograph. Television's Kristen Shaw. 
and uh, he did that every time she was on stage. Which again was like 10 times by the end of the night. And any time anyone else is on stage, the comedians, the people actually like doing most of the, the humor, the jokes of the night, uh, his phone is down. So, so instead of getting multiple photographs of the different people wearing different outfits who are not the same person over and over again standing in the same place, uh, he instead, for whatever reason, elected to get the same photograph over and over again of the same person in the same spot uh, doing the same thing. So uh, shout out to that guy. You're not a weirdo at all. His wife was next to him. His wife was sitting on the, the other side of him. That's how I know he's not a weirdo. Uh, she was fine with it, apparently. She didn't look over. She wasn't as focused on him as I was. Uh, trying to figure out why this weirdo is taking picture after picture of the same uh, pretty tall good looking gal most celebs you know are just kind of uh, really short and uh, uh Disgusting looking and like gnomish, you know. Their eyes kind of short and uh, uh, bewhiskered. They're more, they're more bewhiskered. They have more whiskers usually. Uh, kind of more, mostly. Most celebs, you know, you see them in real life, and you're like, that's a, that's a gnome version of that celeb. But uh, not TV's Kristen Shaw. Wish I, I wish I had thought to get a picture. Wish I had thought to get a snapshot of that. Uh, performer. I actually did a comedy show of my own. I did a uh, an open mic. When I say I did a comedy show of my own in, in L.A., I mean I did an open mic in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. And it turns out, actually, everyone in Hollywood is prejudiced against stand-up comedians who have no stage presence and with bad personalities and are, and are bad-looking. All these, all these superficial Hollywood comedians are just, just, just flat out biased against us uh, bad-looking, untalented comedians. And I gotta say, that's, that's sad to see. I almost feel sorry for them now that I'm back here in the Midwest. 
And you know, I almost feel sorry for them. And I just gotta say, it's it's so great to be back here in the Midwest where I can safely return to the realm of uh, podcasting where I'm universally beloved. Hey, you guys ever... You guys ever seen Speed? You guys ever seen the movie Speed? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it uh, as recently as I. I don't know if you've seen it today. I don't know if you. I don't know if you watch Speed today. But I gotta say, I find some of this movie uh, a little bit hard to swallow. I don't know if you watched the 1994 movie Speed earlier today, but I gotta say, I find a lot of this stuff hard to swallow. It seems like a lot of plot points in the movie are based around being friends with your bus driver. Like Sandra Bullock gets on the bus. And the bus driver's like, oh, late for your job again. And she's like, oh, hey, you're you're the bus driver. I'm your friend. How's driving the bus? And he's like, oh, we do this every day. And we're friends. And and other people on the bus are meeting and talking between themselves. I know Cameron from Ferris Bueller is like, supposed to be a small town yokel kind of guy who doesn't know any better than to try to talk to other people. But a lot of the hardcore LA residents are making friends on the bus. Being fr- the, the scene right before this, there's a dramatic, very emotional moment where Keanu Reeves' friend, who's a bus driver, blows up in the bus and he's like, oh, my my friend who's a bus driver. And it's a big emotional moment because he was, he was friends with the bus driver. And it's a guy who rides the bus a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I was not in Los Angeles for that long. I don't know how they do things out there. Maybe it's different than every other city I've ridden the bus on more often, but I gotta say, you know, jumping a hundred foot gap in a city bus, I can buy. But being friends with the bus driver, ah, stop jerking my, jerking my chain, stop jerking my leg, pulling my leg. Hollywood. So I moved back to Chicago. That's the other that's the other big thing in my life. I live in Chicago again. I just moved into 
the, the neighborhood Pilsen. I moved into the uh, I moved into the Pilsen neighborhood. I'm living in Pilsen now, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh hey, boo, boo, Steve, gentrification, boo. But you know what? Uh, the people who were formerly in the apartment before, who I displaced, were three white art school kids, and my uh, my girlfriend is actually a WOC. So in a way, I'm basically a hero. Like, hey, you're welcome, Pelson. And I know on this podcast a lot, I pretend to be... I have this persona, it's kind of a weird shut-in loser guy who doesn't ever talk to anyone and lives in filth. And who does bad open mics and comes up with bad scenarios on his comedy podcast. But I gotta come clean. Alright, fine, I'm actually... You know what, here we go. I actually am just a normal guy. With a girlfriend, fine, you got me. And yeah, I just wake up every day like any other normal guy. I log into my bank website. I check the balance on my account where it says one million dollars. It says one comma zero 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 comma zero zero zero. Except there's always a little bit of interest or whatever, so I download the change, the money, the extra dollars into my hands so it's an even one million dollars and I go outside and I huck the money into the sewer you're welcome Pilsen so I'm back in Chicago, back in the big city Uh, After seven years in central Illinois, and it sucks. It's terrible. Uh, It sucks being here because I'm not cool. I'm not cool at all anymore. Uh, I used to be, when I was young, years ago, when I lived here, I used to be into all all this stuff that sucked, which was cool. But now I'm, I'm still into the same stuff, and I still wear all the same clothes, uh, but I'm old now, so it sucks. Because I didn't live here for like seven plus years, so now moving back, I'm like acutely aware of exactly how uncool I am. Like normally people move here from the from the suburbs, from from downstate, from the surrounding states, or they don't know any better. They don't know. They're too naive to know how much they suck. Normally, they move into the big city and they're just blinded 
wowed by all the bright lights and the multiple choices of cuisine available at restaurants. But they don't possess any self-awareness. They have no idea how annoying their enjoyment is to everyone else around them. Then you live here for a while. You get accustomed to city life. You become cool. You become jaded. You get a cool big head. You start wearing all black. Start slicking your hair back. Wearing those cool sunglasses without the the earpieces and the leather trench coats. Walking around with your arms crossed behind your back. And you're so cool. But now I'm like in the worst of both worlds. I'm old and uncool, plus I've lived here before. So I'm too smart to actually enjoy anything. I'm too smart and experienced to find any wonder or any novelty in any experience. But also from all my time living in central Illinois, I'm too down to earth to be cool and jaded and look like Morpheus. So it sucks. Everything sucks. Uh, Chicago sucks. It sucks now. You need a credit card? Some kind of weird special credit card to ride the bus? Uh, the Bean? Apparently, apparently, you're not allowed to make out with it anymore. The Cubs fans? walk around with their heads held high. They seem unburdened by the requisite shame that that should be required with being a Cubs fan. I don't know what happened, but it's messed up, man. So what else is happening? Um, so there's Nazis and marching in the street and, uh, gonna do a nuclear war with North Korea and, uh, oh, oh, here's something I want to say. Here's something I want to talk about. Uh, I guess this was almost two months ago. It's probably June 25th. This happened. It's definitely June 25th. I was at a store. Something I wanted to I wanted to bring up, I wanted to mention this. I feel like it's important. I was at a store. On June 25th, since we're doing the summer wrap-up on this episode. I saw a, I saw a father say to his young child, who was probably two or three, at a store. The child's father was talking to them and he said, uh, son. Today is called Summer Christmas. And this is on June 25th, so presumably... It was Summer Christmas because... 
it was six months until until Christmas. And the kid just looked up at him with his eyes and his ears wide open and his, his brain like a sponge. Just sopping up any available information coming to him at that age. So impressionable. Taking anything as his father said to him as, as fact. And th- there's no such thing as summer Christmas. That's a... No one's ever said summer Christmas. Maybe Christmas in July. As an excuse for grown-up people to get drunk in a Santa hat in the middle of summer. But there's no summer Christmas. And this poor kid's going to go his whole life, probably. Thinking that June 25th is some kind of holiday called summer Christmas. Because, you know, June's in the summer. Obviously. June's in the summer. He's not in school. There's a good chance he can make it into adulthood. You know, it's not during the school year. It's not like it's in October and you bring it up every year in school and be shut down early by his classmates. There's a good chance this kid's going to make it into adulthood. Believing that June 25th is, is summer Christmas. And I can just picture him. Maybe his first year in college. Talking to his first serious girlfriend. In their dorm room. A little bit before finals. Being like, hey. It's April 25th. It's only... It's only two months until summer Christmas. And she'll be like, summer Christmas? And he'll be like, yeah. Summer Christmas. And she'll be like, oh. Hey, I gotta go. I I gotta get out of here. I gotta leave. And he'll be like, what's wrong? And she's just like, I I gotta go. And this little two or three year old, all grown up. We'll just look out over the quad. His first serious girlfriend rejecting him. His first year away from home. Watching the woman he loves reject him and walk away based on his belief in summer Christmas caused by irresponsible parenting. And then this poor little boy who's all grown up now will just calmly remove his UV radiation suit and step into the blazing sun where he'll quickly be boiled alive in the Yukon desert. And it's because it's 15 years from now and uh, the whole world's going to be uninhabitable and uh, everything's going to be bad forever and we're, that's the end of the show. Bye. <laughs>